This is the Infatuation Podcast, where we get together with people to talk about Asian things we love. I'm Curtis, and on today's episode, we'll be doing a very special collaboration with the hosts from the Asian Soup Podcast, comparing and contrasting life as an Asian in America versus being Asian in Australia. Happy New Year, everyone! <laughs> We're uh, excited to start out the year with this great episode. I'm excited about this one, and we are here with. There are five of us here today. That's kind of. I think that's a new record. I don't remember. But we're here back with uh, uh, a veteran co-host, Mandy. You guys know Mandy from episode seven, where we talked about YouTube food. And so Mandy's coming back to join us. Welcome back, Mandy. Thank you for having me again. How's the how's winter break going so far? First day and it's great. <laughs> I know, right? So we yeah, okay. So I already just ruined the facade. That is not New Year's. It's actually December eighteenth. <laughs> we are <laughs> we are recording this. We won't put this up till January. But uh, yeah, so we just started our winter break, uh, and I want to introduce someone else to you. She is new. She's coming along. She is the future. Uh, it is Madison. Uh, she, Madison is actually a student of mine in my AP bio class. Hey, Maddie, how's it going? Hello, I'm good. And Maddie <laughs> uh, found out I had a podcast, and she was um, interested in sound. She's a musician and a singer and a sound editor and part of a club called Girls on the Mic. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so she's learning how to edit. And so I was kind of talking to her about editing and, you know, I kind of wasn't sure how much she knew. And then I was like, oh, so yeah, so what program do you use? She's like, oh, I use Pro Tools 12. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, (laughs) because I use the free, I use a free program. But uh, so she already knows more than I do about sound editing. So she's going to help us edit. She's going to help us produce. And I really wanted her on the show because someday she's going to be super famous and I want to be able to say, hey, she was on my podcast, you know, in 2021. So now we can all... I mean, yeah, a girl can dream. No, no, you're going places. So it'd be like, you know, someone had Taylor Swift in her biology class or whatever. And, you know, they said, <laughs> oh, yeah, Taylor Swift was on my podcast in 20, you know, 20, 2005 or whatever. So anyway, so welcome, Maddie. Glad to, Thank you. Glad to have you here. Uh, so Maddie's going to kind of be a fly on the wall a little bit, but she may turn on her mic and join us for some yeah. of the things. Yeah. Okay, so then we're bringing in two special guests. You heard me talk about their podcast already. Uh, we are with doing a collaboration with the host of a podcast called the Asian Soup Podcast. It's Julia and Roxanne. Hey, guys. Hey, hey guys. Hello. <laughs> really excited to be here. This always trips me out with Australians is when we're, you know, we're getting ready for winter. It's almost winter solstice. And you guys are getting ready for your summer solstice, which is nuts. What's the weather like right now in Sydney? Are you guys hot? Is it warm? 
so recently we've had like La Nina. I don't know if you've heard of it on your side of the world, but it's made our start of summer super rainy. So it's kind of felt like winter all of November. We were like in hoodies and jackets <laughs> and things. And finally yesterday it was 38 degrees Celsius and it was super hot. Like people are at the beach. It's super hot today. So I think we're going to get the classic Aussie summer Christmas with the sun. I'm hoping, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so that's how we do some um, Christmas here. I think people are always weirded out by that. Yeah. Well, people up here in the Northern Hemisphere, <laughs> we're getting yeah. ready for, for snow. Well, we don't get snow here in San Francisco, but we're definitely getting ready for winter. So you're listening to The Voice of Roxanne. Um, and Roxanne, you are in fashion. Is that correct? Yeah, so I actually started in fashion. Um, and then like when I was in uni, I did fashion. Um, but now I'm in e-commerce um, digital marketing space. Um, I'm more of a project manager now. And I'm actually out of fashion now. I'm working in telco and I... But I do have my own fashion brand um, called Kinmade, and I started that with a best friend in Hong Kong, and it kind of keeps my fashion dream alive <laughs> on the side. Yeah. And um, yeah, now I'm with Julia, and we started Asian Soup Podcast, and it's been super fun. Um, my background is um, Hong Kong Chinese, so and then I grew up in Australia. Great, great. And your partner next to you is Julia. Welcome, Julia. Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you. Now, Asian Soup Podcast podcast was kind of your idea to start, and then you found Roxanne. Is that kind of mm -hmm. how it went? Kind of. So mm -hmm. I've heard, I've, I was interested, not interested, but I reached out to Rox because she had a bit of a career change, and I felt like that I had lots of things in common with her, and I wanted to ask her some questions about her experience and all that. I reached out to her through LinkedIn. We did a call. And then from there, I think like two hours in, I just said, oh, do you want to start a podcast with me? Because I have been sort of asking people around me if they wanted to do a podcast and no one was really that keen. But Rox was like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and so I was like, really? You, you want to do a podcast with me? And then I think two weeks after that call, we pushed out our first episode. Um, so it just happened really, really fast. Um, but yeah, I guess like I did suggest it, but Rox was also very keen. Um, yeah. I always wanted to start a podcast as well. So that was my response. <laughs> yeah. I think we both wanted to, and we were just lucky that we found each other at the right time. Yeah. And you're five episodes in, is that right? Yeah. So we've pushed out five episodes and I think we've recorded eight, mm -hmm. eight episodes. Mm -hmm. So we like to oh, sort of do it in advance, uh, especially with Christmas coming up. Yeah, yeah. And how would you describe your podcast? Like what, what's kind of the main focus of your podcast? I think what we wanted to achieve through the podcast was we wanted a space where anyone can come join and sit with us and listen and just feel like, you know, just a group of friends um, that you can just talk, and well, not talk, but listen about very relatable everyday um, stories. And I think, yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it. Rox, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think it's 
yeah safe space where it kind of feels like you're with some friends listening in the background um we kind of liked a few similar podcasts and we thought that it'd be really cool to have that and share our voice um in Sydney or in Australia and it's crazy that we have listeners from the US so (laughs) we're so flattered to even be here um but it's yeah I think it's like realizing that okay there's value in even just everyday stories even though you know we're not you know CEOs or you know big you know super successful people it's still um nice to share and try to build our community and explore topics that we're really interested in and just learn something new um so we're always learning after every episode and um having something on the side it's like really fulfilling yeah, no, it's it's it is that environment. Like, and you actually are on YouTube as well, so you can you can sit in the living room with you too as you listen. And I get that vibe for sure. You know, just hanging out uh, with two people talking about career, about relationships, about I think you know family comes up every so often, friends. You know, like things that just two people will talk about, you know, on a, on a Saturday evening or whenever you guys are hanging out. Um, and it has that real feel to it. I definitely agree. Like it does feel like I have friends in the background. Like that's definitely the vibe. That's like the perfect way to explain it. Oh, that's yeah. like the ultimate compliment. Cause I think that's what, exactly <laughs> what we were trying to achieve. And it's really cool to see, um, our friends or our listeners, like sending through like a, like a screenshot or like a, a photo of how they're listening to us and some people are watching us through the ipad like on their bed some people have us on the tv and they're like oh i'm listening to you while i'm cleaning it's just really cool <laughs> that we can be there to just yeah. be background not background noise but just like yeah it's just like your friends you know just yeah. chilling at yeah. home yeah for sure for sure and so uh i don't know exactly how i found you guys but i think i on spotify i think i did i searched up asian podcasts <laughs> And I was just kind of seeing who else was out there because uh, I'm new too. You know, I just started in June, so I'm new also. And I, I was trying to see what else is out there. And, you know, you can always learn from other people and what they do. And so you guys popped up and I remember listening. And I, I had the idea of getting together with another podcast, especially one from around the world, you know, because I think it's fun to meet people from other countries and different experiences. And so I was listening and I remember thinking, um, who who would be a good fit for our podcast? And there's a there's actually it's getting a little crowd not crowded, you know. The podcast world is still small, yeah. but there are quite a few Asian podcasts of people talking about life. But I think other shows. And I don't know if you agree with this, but I think other shows do a little bit more of a of a show, you know, a little bit more. Of, uh, hey, okay, so we're talking about, you know, even my show is a little bit more like, okay, we're talking about this. We have kind of an agenda to get through. We're going to talk about this show. Or we're going to talk about this movie or this book. Or, you know, there's a persona that people have when they're on the on the air on their podcast. But with you, you two, I really felt like it was just you. You know, <laughs> like it's just... It was just you and, and, you, and you own up to your... Like even I think today on Instagram, you just posted your kind of cringy awkwardness of just you know like you're not professional right and you just it's just you talking and there's times when you know you you get on a on a tangent or you kind of and it's just you talking and I, I think that's really nice that um 
that you do that. And so when I was just thinking about who would, would vibe with us, I kind of felt like, you know, and, and don't think that I sent out 10 invites to other podcasts, you know, to do a collaboration. You were the only one I sent to, and I'm so glad you said yes. So, uh, so that we could do this together. So, um, so here we are doing a podcast together. Thank you so much. That was such a compliment. And, and sometimes we keep going and we're like, oh, maybe we need to be more of a production and make it more professional. <laughs> and so we just end up just chatting. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see. But that was really nice. Thank you, Curtis. Um, it was such a surprise to get your email and we're like, oh my gosh who is this guy like and then um <laughs> we we, uh, we looked into you and we're like oh this is actually so perfect so we're yeah so happy <laughs> so yeah this is a little different for us as my podcast usually we break down something you know like a show a tv show or 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 whatnot but today we're just going to talk we're going to talk about um life is an Asian in Australia and life as an Asian in America and we all have different experiences so um let's see maybe Mandy you want to share just kind of your background uh like your parents and their their journey and, and kind of how you ended up here in San Francisco yeah um so my family um immigrated um from China um in the 1980s I think um, and yeah, so they're a very traditional um, Chinese immigrant family. Um, and yeah, they moved here and then they had me. So I was born and raised in San Francisco. And then you, you haven't really gone that far from San Francisco. No, no. I went, um, I went to UC Irvine for undergrad. And then I uh, stayed in San Francisco for graduate school. Yeah. And Irvine is about, what is it, six hours drive from here? I, I would say it's maybe like seven, seven or eight. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of, it's, you go to LA and you make a left, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's um, right next been. to Disneyland. I... Oh yeah. It, there's nothing in Irvine. Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, um, how about Julia? What, what's your story? Like, how did you end up in Sydney? Yeah. I feel like my story is quite similar um, to you, Mandy. I was born in, or not, I was in San Francisco, but in Sydney, I pretty much stayed here like my whole life. I was born here. Um, my parents immigrated from South Korea in the 1980s as well. And yeah, um, they had my brother in Korea, but, you know, the three of them came here. They had me and I've pretty much grown up in the same neighborhood. <laughs> um, like I haven't really moved too far like I live in the suburbs and yeah I've just sort of like stayed put most of my life um but I did do exchange for like a year um, in Japan so I lived in Japan for one year because I did international studies and I've also lived in the Sunshine Coast which is in Queensland like tropical part of uh mm. Australia I lived there for about six months as well which was pretty different very different to Sydney um but yeah I haven't really uh, moved around too much, but um, yeah. Right. How about you, Roxanne? Yeah, so uh, I was born in Hong Kong and I moved with my parents when I was six months old. And uh, we immigrated here because of my dad's work and um, yeah, just grew up here because so it doesn't really count 
sometimes people are like oh you pretty much grew up here you know like just because I was a baby so it doesn't really people don't really associate like oh you know you pretty much grew up here um which I did um but then like Julia when she went to Japan um I did international studies at the same uni so I went to France um and I have I, I speak very bad French um <laughs> but yeah that year was really fun and then I came back and um graduated but I always really wanted to try to live in Hong Kong because that's where my parents are and we go every year and I have a lot of relatives there I only have one auntie in Sydney so I always felt like Hong Kong was so exciting it's such a big city I felt like a huge part of my identity is from there because I was born there so I felt like oh I really want to know what it's like um, to live in where live where my parents came from or where I came from so I decided to move there and I lived there for almost five years and then I recently moved back in June like May June this year because of COVID and stuff and my mum and dad are here so at, in the, at the end of the day I do miss Sydney and Sydney's my home so I'm back. Uh, my story actually is a little different so my ancestors came to California. We had the gold rush in the 1800s. And a lot of people from, from so in China, there's a region called Toisan or Taishan, where um, a lot of the gold, the gold miners and the railroad workers came from. And so my ancestors were part of that, that group that came over here in the 1800s. And so um, my mom, so on my mom's side, it's her great, Great great grandmother in like the 1850s came over here to America, all in San Francisco. So I, you know, my my family has been here for over a hundred years, and so I'm like fifth generation. My kids are sixth generation San Franciscan, and uh, so yeah, we we stick close. Speaking of sticking close, we don't go anywhere, and so we're real close by here. So yeah, my my Chinese is terrible, and so. <laughs> I'm about as Americanized as you can get as an Asian. So it's kind of, my family is kind of shocked that I did an Asian themed podcast because <laughs> I'm pretty Americanized, but it's something that I just picked up later in life. Um, by going to Hong Kong, actually, when I was in my 20s, I went to Hong Kong and really just fell in love. And we'll talk about this a little later, you know, like feeling strangely at home in a mm. land that I had no connection to yeah. other than my face and my name, you know, but... Uh, other than that, I had no connection to Hong Kong, but really fell in love with it and really, you know, wanted to know more about it. And then um, the school that we teach at in Madison knows this is heavily Chinese. <laughs> There's a lot of Chinese kids yeah. at our school. We're, we're near Chinatown. Like our school is a few blocks away from San Francisco Chinatown. And um, so and then just San Francisco in general has a lot of Chinese kids. And so. Yeah. I've, I've learned a lot about Chinese culture from my students, you know, and they come from other countries. I teach kids who are newcomers, so they they just, this is the first stop on their journey as a teenager, and they come to San Francisco. And so I learned a lot about my culture from them and just hanging out with other folks that have more experience than I do. Um, my wife's family is from Hong Kong, so that's always kind of something that we have in common, that we have this love for Hong Kong, <laughs> even though... Uh, they're legit Hong Kongers, and I'm I'm just kind of a wannabe. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we have kind of a different experience. Um, Madison, what's uh, is your your dad kind of like me? He's kind of American born, right? Yeah, my mom as well. 
Yeah. So how's your Chinese? So, um, uh, horrible. <laughs> I pretty much, I pretty much don't know anything. My parents like spoke to me when I was little and like my grandparents too, but like I rejected it a lot. So yeah. I, I only know like very minimal stuff. Yeah. Huge regret on my part. Me too. I'm probably worse than you, Mandy. Like I really pretty much don't know anything. Well, when I speak Chinese, people ask me to stop. <laughs> like, just use English. Like even waiters at restaurants, they'll say, just, can you just use English? Because you're killing me here. <laughs> So, uh, Asian Soup Podcast, uh, where'd you come up with the name? What, what's the meaning behind that for you guys? Mm, okay, so <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you said that you found us um, when you looked up Asian Podcast, Curtis, because that was sort of like intentional. Like we uh. wanted to include, <laughs> I'm going to give all our secrets away now. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. so my digital marketing background, I do uh. SEO which means that I, I look into keywords that people put into search engines um, and I can see like how many people are like searching these keywords and stuff like that. And I saw that there is pe there are people looking up Asian podcasts. So I thought, okay, that's perfect for our audience. That's what we are. So we definitely want to include Asian and podcast. So that was sort of my like like we must have kind of on our list and then from so there I played, we... I played right into your hands yeah so i'm so happy like i'm, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm such so... a sucker <laughs> and so yeah we just had that we're like okay we have to have agent we have to have podcast and then we literally started just brainstorming all these names i mean didn't always have asian and podcast in it um i thought we had about 50 names but rox was like no we have like <laughs> hundred and yeah. something i think we, had, we came up with about 130 <laughs> names um and in the end we landed with asian group podcast so that was the name that we originally came up with yeah like we were so set on asian group and um we just did a survey with our closest friends and actually not everyone relates to asian group because for me I had different, I went through different schools and I was always in the Asian group or there's always an Asian group. But then um, mm. we, we just wanted that feeling of like, you can sit with us, like we're the Asian group and anyone can sit with us. But then some people were like, uh, what do you mean by Asian group? It sounds really exclusive, like only Asians can sit there. And then I had some, you know, <laughs> Aussie friends and they're like, uh, is this a podcast just for Asians? And we're like, oh, no, we don't want to like have that vibe. And then. Um, I think Julia came up with soup and she was like, how about Asian soup? And I was like, oh, that's actually really nice. And then we let it kind of sit with us for a couple of days and we're like, oh, it's so, um, it's like the warm and fuzzy feelings that you get from Asian soup. It's a very like, um, it's an expression of love from your parents. Like when they make soup for you and you have to drink, you know, two bowls of soup or something. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think culture and chatting through food it was a very casual name that is very open we thought that could um we can talk about anything even though it's not related directly about asian soup it's just like yeah a very open kind of name for the podcast yeah anyone can drink asian soup whether you're asian mm -hmm. or not um and 
I think we wanted something, yeah, warm and fuzzy because we wanted that safe space for anyone to come join us and chill with us. And yeah, the my friend actually, who was really against Asian group, was like, hey, Jules, like, I had a really bad experience with my Asian group. They actually excluded me because I wasn't Asian enough. So <laughs> I associate, ne- you know, negative things with that. And she was like, but I understand like what you're going for. Why don't you try and, you know, if it's warm and that, you know, inclusive feeling that you want to um, have, think maybe think about other things like that give off that feeling. And then I think I was just like, mm, I guess Asian soup is like that because I always have Asian soup when I'm feeling sick or feeling tired or, you know, just or feeling just down. I don't know. It just always lifts me up. It's so cozy and nostalgic as well. So yeah, and I set it to rocks and we were like, you know what, that's great because we only had to, we already had all these designs and rocks only had to change two letters <laughs> from <laughs> GR to S. Um, yeah, so yeah. yeah, that's how it all came about. And now we really, really love the name and yeah. it's really fun talking about Asian soups as well. Yeah, because there's so many I haven't had yet, you know, like and Julie comes from a Korean kind of background. So it's like really interesting to learn each other's like different cuisine and um it's a good way to break the ice I think and everyone has a story behind their Asian soup like their favorite Asian soup which is so cool I just picked my name because it's a pun and I like it (laughs) we love it (laughs) uh but I I think so should I change my name to the infatuation Asian podcast (laughs) would that help my search results with it Mm. Maybe if you, you know what, like if you put like a space between infatu mm. and then Asian, you, you could just try it as an experiment. But my friend said, if I did that, it looks like I'm fat, you Asian. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Which is not necessarily false, but it's not really what we're going for. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Uh, so I just did a collaboration with uh, Lingji from the Worst Asian Podcast. And he did the same thing. He's like, I want to have Asian podcasts for the SEO. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, well, I want to stand out and I want to be able to get all the usernames. So he put worst in front of it so he can get all the usernames because no one wants to be the worst Asian podcast. (laughs) So he grabbed it. He grabbed all the handles. He has the Twitter handle, Instagram. So yeah, see, I need to, I need to pick your digital marketing brain a little more. I'm a, you know, a high school teacher, so I'm not so good at all this stuff, but. uh, Yeah, always here if you have any um uh-huh. Rox is really good with the social media stuff uh-huh. um yeah so if you need any tips always All reach right. out well if you see me making a fatal flaw or something if i if i make a big mistake send me a message say hey you might not want to do that yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right so um we're gonna have a little fun here uh uh so i have a little game uh this is just for fun not to make anyone look silly or anything so i'm gonna um I looked up some slang, not even slang, but just different terms, and we'll see if you guys can figure it out, all right? So, uh, Maddie, you get to play along, too. Okay. Maddie, would you like some fairy floss? Is that like food? Uh, maybe. Does it sound good to you? You might have it at a carnival. Oh, oh like cotton candy. Yeah. <laughs> we call it cotton candy. You guys call it fairy floss? Is that... Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, I, I when you said that, I was like, "What's wrong with that question?" Like, yeah. fairy floss isn't that the universal term? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Well, okay. Let me try this one. See if you get okay. So, so Roxanne, do you like soda? 
Mm, I guess. So, soda to us. Oh, yeah. What do you call it? Soft drink. Or fizzy. Do you call it fizzy drink? Yeah, it's yeah like fizzy. sometimes. Yeah. See, if you said soda, yeah. I wouldn't know if it's sweet or not. Like, I would assume yeah. that it's soda just water. soda water, like yeah. uh, sparkling water. Sparkling water. Yeah. Yeah. We call every, you know, so we'll call Coke soda. Mm. I think we call, what do we call like a LaCroix? What do we call sparkling it? Sparkling water. Yeah. Sparkling water. Yeah. yeah. Mm. All right, Mandy, you ready for this mm-hmm. one? Um, do you like tracky dacks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, they're comfortable. Are they shoes? Pants? Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, Julie, you want to help me describe tracky dacks? <laughs> I don't think we ever say tracky dacks. I just say trackies. Is that what you trackies. say? Tracks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Trackies, tracky dacks. Maybe tracky dacks, I'd say, when I was like more little. Mm. Yeah. That's really cute. <laughs> like sweatpants. I, I, I feel like that's track the American suit. way. Or oh, tracksuit pants. Is that the American yeah. way? But would, sweats, would sweatpants be trackies still? I feel like sweatpants are a bit more casual. Yeah. Track pants to me are like the more nylon-y. They're not the soft ones. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So like track track suit was yeah, yeah. what yeah. me probably call. Kind of like the track suits in Squid Game, then, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Madison, uh, let's see if I say this right. Capsicum on your pizza. <laughs> Wait, is that like ranch? No. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, they, they could be green or red. Peppers. Yeah, <laughs> bell peppers, right? Is that what you call them, capsicums? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That is also true. Yeah, we would never <laughs> say bell peppers. That's wait, dumb. they have such cute names. Yeah, right? <laughs> bell pepper, like peppers to us is chili. Yeah, yeah. spicy. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, and last one, Mandy. After this. You want to go to Macca's? Oh, yeah, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just think it's funny. I guess, uh, do Australians just like to shorten things up? Like, I think they do. They, yeah. yeah. And they love the Z to make it more casual. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, if your name is like, I don't know, Jules. Someone could say Jazza or something. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Uh. Yeah. They love shortening everything. Um, Afternoon is Arvo. Let's have an Arvo uh, coffee. Um, There's so so many. many. There are so many. Yeah. Yeah. uh, What do you guys call sunglasses? Sunnies. 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 (laughs) Once I was like, um, I think I said swimmers. Uh, Hey, hey guys, like I need to get my swimmers. And my friends were like, what is swimmers? Do you guys think swimmers? (laughs) No. Or like swimsuit? Bikini. No. no, we'd say swimsuit usually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's funny. We're not that Aussie either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're probably not the best. Like, I think there's a lot of other more Aussie slang that we're not. Yeah. We don't sure. really say. Yeah. There's actually even Aussie Asian slang as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, for example, a lot of Aussie or Asian Aussies say Seebs. Oh. You know what Seebs means? Yeah, I say Seebs sometimes. Do you guys know Seebs? No. So Seebs means, Seebs <laughs> is like. Yeah, like can't be bothered. Because <laughs> if it's CBB, 
you know, when you used to type on S- uh, MSN, it's like CBB can't be bothered. And then uh-huh. people just started saying Seebs. Yeah, so Seebs <laughs> means like I can't be bothered. Um, uh-huh, but it's uh-huh. a lot of Asians in like Sydney say it like a lot, but then not everyone will understand. It's just a very specific Asian like Aussie thing. Uh-huh. I didn't know it was Asian. Oh, maybe I feel like it's more <laughs> of a gaming thing. Maybe I don't know, but a lot of Asians uh-huh. do use it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I wonder if that there's probably some crossover between gamers that have their own that kind of lingo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, how was growing up in Australia as an Asian? So we'll we'll kind of segue over into elementary school, high school. So you're in Sydney or the suburbs. Um, is it was it fairly diverse growing up, or were you kind of one of the only Asians? Mm. I went to a pretty, uh, I, I grew up in a pretty Asian area. Uh, so I always had some Asian friends around me. I was also um, part of a Korean church. And I feel like this is very common amongst Koreans like around the world, <laughs> yeah. um, being part of a church community. Um, mm. Yes, yeah, so I was part of the like Korean Catholic church community in Sydney. And I think through that, I went to Saturday school uh, where I learned Korean and I also went to church on Sundays from since I was a child till year 12, which is, oh. yeah, you didn't know that about me, Rox. <laughs> um, <laughs> year 12 is, what's the American version of year 12? Um, like, senior year. Senior or... year, yeah. <laughs> the last year. <laughs> last year of high school, yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I always felt connected to like the Asian community um, growing up. And yeah, but because my parents were what well, we are first gen and my parents were immigrants, it was, you know, it came with its own challenges because, um, you know, they're, they're not confident speaking in English. And um, yeah, when I went to my friend's houses, they would have different foods and um, they would have, it's just a completely different culture. They'll wear shoes in the house. And I remember mm. in primary school, there was a lot of adjusting. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like, you know, you call your um, friend's parents by their names, like Jane. And I'm like, what? Oh, really? Whereas, like, <laughs> in Asian culture, you don't – or in Korean yeah. culture, you never say that. You say, like, ajuma or ajoshi, you know, or auntie or something like that. Um, so there was – I remember, like, in primary school, I was very confused. But you're so young, you don't even realize um, until you're much older, like, oh. I was, you know, kind of in an environment where I I don't know how to explain it, but it wasn't like super, super comfortable. It wasn't uncomfortable, but there was a lot of adjusting um, as a child. Um, and yeah, so which was really interesting, Curtis, when you said that you're like seventh generation, because yeah. something that I always wonder is what is it going to be like for my children and great, great grandchildren Um, as like fifth generation or even like third generation I don't even think as far as fifth and sixth and seventh and because I do wonder like how different would it be would it would we be more integrated into society Um, yeah and I always thought if you're curious um, I should always just look at America because that's kind of the future of like what Sydney is like now because we don't have so many generations of Asians and there is a bit of a division, I would say, like um, there are like suburbs in Sydney that I will say there's clusters, like there's like a cluster of Asians, a cluster of, you know, 
different Korean, cultures. Vietnamese, yeah. Chinese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not even like Asian, like there'll be areas that are way more white, I guess. Um, so it's interesting. Um, I think I feel like right now we are in a living, like growing up, it was very like ooh, Asian and this is Australian, but now it's blurring and it's different. Um, so I do, yes, yeah, so that's sort of my experience, like feeling very Asian, but in a trying to assimilate in a very white society. Do you know the percentages of like the population in Sydney? <laughs> Roxy's looking it up now. But yeah, there are, we have a lot of Asians here in Sydney. I think it's over 20%. I think I looked up San Francisco. What is it for San Francisco, Curtis? I think we're like 30%. Oh, wow. Wow. That includes Filipino and Vietnamese. 30% Asians. Yeah. So we're 28% oh, wow. um, Asian. But it is neighborhood by neighborhood different. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say I feel like the Asians in Sydney would be more Asian than Australian. If that makes, I assume oh. my assumption is that the Americans in San, I mean, the Asians in San San Francisco will be more Americanized. So it's different. I think. It's kind of a mix. Yeah, there's definitely people like, you know, my my parents, my, my grandparents spoke perfect English. But then there are definitely new immigrants all constantly. Mm-hmm. So a lot of students at my school, like Maddie's friends, might be first gen. Like Maddie, don't a lot of your friends speak Chinese to each other like for fun? Yeah, no, they do. Really? Yeah, um, one of my friends is she. She wasn't even born here. She was born in Vietnam. Mm. Oh, cool. So, yeah, there's still waves of yeah for movement. Sure. Like you know, so. how close are you to Asia? You guys are six hours on plane ride to Hong Kong, or how far? Well, it's more Hong than that. Hong Kong is like seven, hours. seven or eight hours. Okay, I'd say it's still kind of close though, because we're still closer, on the same yeah. side. And it's a similar story, like people feel like they can make a better life or like in America, Mandy, have you ever talked to your parents? Like, why did they come to America? And like, not like Australia. Or not just stay in, <laughs> in China. Or... Um, yeah, just better opportunities. Um, but I, I always ask them, like, why not Canada or like, why not Australia? Um, but it's they already have family um, in San Francisco, so if they just wanted to move to like you know where family is. And then I'm sure part of their thinking was that your generation, right? You and your brother would have a little easier chance of things. Yeah, yeah. You know, my my family, like you know, um, they um, lived in a village before they immigrated, so they were very very poor. Um, mm. So. That's kind of the, still the dream, you know, like even my ancestors in the 1800s were like, well, you know, we can make more money in California. Is it similar in Australia? Do do people, the, the new wave of immigrants, are they just hoping for that Australian dream or American dream, you know, like just kind of being able to make a, a living for their kids a little better? Yeah, I feel like it's always a sacrifice, right? Being the first kind of generation coming or whether it be 1800s, which sounds super different, but till now, you know, you're giving up everything, you know, your perfect language at your home and you're moving for in the hopes of growing something else or building a new life or for the next generation. Um, 
I feel like that's always the case. Otherwise, you just go back. Because I also have a lot of friends in Hong Kong who um, have gotten their Canadian passports or overseas passports, but then their parents go back to Hong Kong because their businesses are there or, you know, they're still um, mm. enjoy living in Hong Kong. So they're still doing well there. So then they just go back. Um, so, yeah, I think there's always different different situations. So growing up, uh, did you did you have any role models that like how did you ever have any teachers that were Asian or role models like Julia said church you had your ajumas and ajusis? Yeah, so I would say like with role models, uh, no, uh, like you mean Asian role models? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like it's interesting like. When I went to church on the weekends, that would be where I get my Asian fix or like that's my Asian community. <laughs> and then at school, it would be completely white. As in the uh, students were Asian. There were lots of Asian students, but I think we had one Asian teacher. And her, I remember her name was Miss Chow. And she was also like very like an Australian, like she's very you know, um, Australian as well. Um, so I always felt like those two worlds didn't mix me at least so it'll be like on the weekdays will be school and completely like white I guess and then um on the weekends it was Asian so growing up role models wise I don't think I had um role models in primary school but in high school definitely YouTube I'd say that <laughs> uh, Mandy you might be able to relate here as well but just seeing I feel like people like Michelle Fan and like community channel like Natalie Tran and uh, even like Jen Im and like just seeing really not, I want to say confident, but they appear to be confident and putting their voice out there and sharing their personal stories and experiences. Um, that was really inspiring for me and realizing that, oh, we actually have, you know, we're not so invisible, I guess, like um, our stories are worthy of being told or um, yeah, like we're just as important <laughs> I guess yeah, yeah. um than to everyone else like and I think like growing up um there was definitely one moment where I was like oh I'm actually really proud to be Asian it was something that I think I feel like most like a lot of Asians experience this like growing up there's a certain time when you just want to you know hide it as much as you can and you just want to blend in as much as you can and then you come to this point probably thanks to these role models that you feel like, you know what, I'm actually really proud to be exactly who I am um, in Australia or wherever you are and just be able to finally like embrace it. And yeah. And I think that's when, I think that's when you really find like confidence and um, really get in touch with your like identity. Maybe yeah. that's why you went to Hong Kong, Curtis, like that feeling like, Ooh, you know, when you were there, like, Oh my God, I love it so much it's kind of like that sort of feeling like, oh, wow, I'm really proud to be who I am and to have black hair and to eat mm -hmm. Asian food and Asian food. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and have that interest to learn more about it as well, like mm -hmm. your own culture or where your family's from. And yeah, I love everything you just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, think that, I think there definitely was a revolution in the early 2000s with 
uh, media and and Madison, you're kind of used to it now. Are you? Do you feel that way too when you see an Asian on in a movie or on TV? Do you still have a little sense of pride, or is it pretty normal for you to feel? No, it means a lot to me. I feel like um, when I was little, I didn't see much representation either. And like obviously wanting to go into like entertainment or music, not seeing anybody like me, it was very discouraging and made me feel like I couldn't pursue a career in music or anything like that or like be on stage. So I think representation is getting a lot better, but I'm not like desensitized to it. Yeah, no, it, it's still not majority or still mm-hmm. not, you know, totally commonplace. But I think the last, yeah, we, we did an episode on music and we talked about, you know, Olivia Rodrigo and yeah, Bruno exactly. Mars. Yeah, there's definitely an 88 Rising, all those uh, artists, Nikki, all those folks coming up have really, you know, we talked about movies and books and it's really changing. And so part of the reason to do this podcast uh, was to kind of highlight that and, and, you know, a lot of the great stuff. And it's almost hard to keep up now, which is great. You know, like every every week there's a new show coming out or every month there's something else to kind of like, oh, we should look into that or we should p- promote that. So it's been really fun. So, yeah, we're, we got a ways to go. But, you know, once Maddie hits it big, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll know. No pressure, Maddie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was just going to, I had a random question. Like, do you guys watch television in America? I, I, I do, but like on Hulu. Um, yeah, so like streaming. Yeah, streaming. Over television. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's changed a lot of, like, I feel like that's changed everything. Because growing up, um, we watched Australian television. And, you know, Australia's got strong ties with Britain as well. So we... I know all these like random British songs and British shows and um, you don't see Asian people like on TV at all, like growing up, but now everyone's streaming and you have access to all these movies and TV shows um, at your fingertips and you don't have the media industry controlling Mm -hmm. um, who gets to be out there. You know, it's, it was very, you know, whatever aired is what you get. But now right. you have all these options and they're constant. They're just there yeah. sitting there um, on the streaming services for anyone to go in and with subtitles and, you know, even Squid Game, if it wasn't for Netflix, yeah. it would have never done the same on television because the people who work in television, they don't even know how to market it. or they They'd probably understand. just say no. Like, yeah, that's why it's not on television. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Like, why would I put this on our no, show? It wasn't worth on the our risk. Channel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like we had one channel, like one public channel, SBS, that would play like all international things like French, European, like um, Asian with subtitles, but it was a very sophisticated channel that only older people watched. Yeah, and it's you're in the international <laughs> section as well. Like that itself says something, right? Like yeah, that, you know, you're different. Like this is not really like part of, you know, our culture but this is something different whereas with netflix everything's just like they're blended um and you can watch anything so easily now as well and everyone has a choice what they want to watch even oh i know we're going in a tangent oh sorry no that's fine it's fine (laughs) like you know how you know bts won awards or um Mm -hmm. the korean movie that won a parasite yeah parasite like that i thought would never happen ever so that was really yeah. huge. You mean like growing it's up? Really yeah, yeah, that would never happen. 
Yeah, no, it's really big. I mean, and they're making money. You know, the the Netflix is not stupid, right? They're not putting stuff up that no one wants to watch.、Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's a exciting time. And I, I think, um, yeah, we talked about YouTube, but you know, we haven't even talked about TikTok. I mean, just the Asian creators on TikTok are you know numerous. It's almost hard to not see Asian on. Well, maybe it's just my algorithm, but but、um, it's it's. I I feel like there's so many creators on TikTok, and they're they're Maddie's age, right? They're like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. They're young, and they're pumping out content, and it, it's getting millions of eyeballs on it, which is great. So yeah, we're at. A, I think we're at a good time.、Mm-hmm. I think Maddie, you, you aged at a good time. I if, know. If you're、yeah. my age, you wouldn't have a chance. <laughs> But、uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So exciting times.、Um, but yet <laughs> we're still in this country. At least I, I, I want to ask you about this. So do you feel、uh, any subtle or even blatant racism in in your town in your country when you travel? Both. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think、um, depends where you go. And the type of people you meet. I mean, there's people. There's all types of people out there, right? And、um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes you forget.、Uh, well, even even just coming back from Hong Kong, I know I keep saying this, but just coming back and living there, I was so comfortable blending in, just my skin wise, and just stepping outside the door, like just the ratio of people on the train or at work or in general, like. Ninety plus percent Asian, right, or Chinese, yeah, yeah. and then、um, just moving back, or every time I'd visit Australia again, I'd realize like, oh, you know, I'm I'm a minority now, you know, again, or、um, you feel it. It's just a feeling. You just, it just feels different. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it's very no, different. It. I think、and、we you, get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you would get it, right? And then, yeah.、Um, I don't know. We, we we actually have a episode coming up about our Asian Australian experience, and I say this example where it's like, you know, I have a few white friends too, so it's not like,、um, and I grew up here, so it's not foreign to me. But for some reason, when I'm in a situation where it's a lunch with、um, more Aussie friends, I'll be a bit more self conscious about how I eat because it's not like in my own. Home where I'm eating with chopsticks and everything. Like I, obviously I can use a knife and fork, but I just feel like I need a bit, bit more like polite or have like more Aussie manners compared to like Chinese manners. Like Chinese, you just share all the food, right? You just, you know, just share it. But then it's just different. Like the way I, I present, I feel like I change a bit, or I be my, I become a bit more Aussie to fit in. And、um, yeah, I just. Did notice that more when I was growing up, and the difference of you know living in a different place.、Um, yeah, <laughs> that's my experience.、Um, yeah. But in terms of blatant or subtle racism,、um, yeah, there's many examples. <laughs> I think Julia had a really good example.、Um, you were on your road trip. Yeah. So when you're living in Sydney, it's generally fine. I feel like, especially in like in the city. Like area, like close to the city, everyone's like very aware and、um, you know, be、okay. open. And people eat kimchi now and all this stuff. So it's like, <laughs> so it's 
it's definitely like changed a lot. But if you move away from the city areas, um, you can definitely experience some blatant, even blatant racism. So when we went camping, I think earlier this year um, on Australia Day, we just had this incident where this like guy basically just was like really angry and like screaming at us. Like we did do something wrong, but it was more the way he um, spoke to us and he said something like, oh, it's because you're Asian, like you can't see. And I'm like, oh my God, does this still happen? I was in shock. I was like, wow. Like, cause we were three hours away from Sydney and I just couldn't register like what was happening, but it just made me realize like definitely in areas where there aren't a lot of Asians, like that is almost like what I guess like accepted and there's like nothing wrong with that, but, um, made me realize that I'm actually so blessed and that Sydney, well, at least around me, like I'm not really surrounded by racist people. Um, but I did see someone um, on Instagram, her name's Shona, Shona says on Instagram, she posted this thing where um, she was like basically raging on her Insta stories saying that somebody said, called a kid like squid game, like, hey, squid game, blah, 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 like to tease them. And she was just saying how, like, infuriating it is that, you know, children have to hear that. You think times have changed, but it kind of hasn't as well. And, yeah, that's just so rude and so, so upsetting sad. to be called, hey, Squid Game, like. And In 2021. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so it's yeah. moments like those you do realise, like, oh, yeah, definitely. It's still We're happening. There, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Mandy? You got any experiences? Um. Yeah, I think like, I mean, growing up in San Francisco, I think like I haven't really experienced like a lot of blatant racism. Um, But, you know, I I used to work at Fisherman's Wharf where it's like a popular like tourist destination. And so, um, you know, sometimes like I'll help with like tourists and they're like, well, can you find someone that would like that speaks English? And I'm like, I speak English, you know? Um, So, yeah, just a lot of like, experiences like that and um you know your typical like where are you from um Mm. yeah and and, you know i think maybe in the big cities we're in that bubble right and then i I think what julia said is you know three hours away from san francisco you know even less you know even an hour 30 minutes sometimes and you realize ooh, we're you know (laughs) i'm used to I'm not used to this, but, and I think, you know, our politics here in America, and I don't want to get political, but it's been a rough, you know, it's been a rough five years for us yeah. as a country. And then the, the pandemic didn't help and our, our president didn't help at all. And, and it, so it's upticked. I think if anything, it's gotten worse in the last four or five years mm. in some parts of the country, you know, even, even in the Bay area where we live, um, there's been some examples of just people, being blatantly racist in 2021 and it, it it shocks me that these are these are towns that are 20 minutes away from me or even in san francisco mm-hmm. but yeah there are you know to be honest i don't think i would want to live away from the cities you know yeah. there's a big you know like some people say oh yeah well you know this cross-country trip you know you can drive from san francisco to new york and a couple days but there's a lot of area in between that i wouldn't want to stop in and I wouldn't really want to take my family in, you know, yeah. and, and the big cities are so expensive. Like you've probably heard San Francisco is super mm-hmm. expensive. And there's times when my wife and I are like, Oh, we should, you know, maybe we should look into moving somewhere a little more 
affordable. But then I don't want my daughters to be the only, you know, my wife's Chinese as well. And I, I don't want my daughters to be the only Chinese kids in their school or, you know, one of three kids, you know. And so we're, we're going to stick around here. But it's just sad that even in our countries that, you know, we have a history, like I said, 100, 150 years, 180 years of being here in California. And yet we still feel like foreigners sometimes. There's times when... Mm we don't totally feel like quote unquote Americans, you know, we're always going to have a hyphen. We're always going to have Asian American, Chinese American, some kind of a label. So, um, yeah. So, uh, just to go back on my story about going to Hong Kong for the first time and, and Roxy will enjoy this. So when mm-hmm. I went to Hong Kong, I got off the plane and I saw an advertisement for Toyota or something and it had an Asian family. And I, I took pictures of this <laughs> And then they had a 7-Eleven and it was in Chinese. And I took a picture of that. I was just taking a picture of like toothpaste commercials and just people because it just blew my mind that you could see advertisements with Chinese people in it or that you can see Chinese writing on everything. And it's just like, it made me feel seen, you know? It made me feel strangely at home. Like you said, you can kind of blend in and not... If anything, I stood out because I was more Americanized, but you could actually be invisible in a way, you know, and not be, even in San Francisco, we have a a large Chinese population, but you still always feel a little bit like people notice that you're not uh, Caucasian in certain parts of the the city. But yeah, so going to Asia for the first time was like, wow, this is, this is different, you know, like to be a majority, to be um, the norm was, was was fascinating and interesting and strangely comfortable, you know, for, I don't speak the language and I don't totally look, uh, like a Hong Konger, but there's times when it, it, uh, it felt really at home and it was really strange. Yeah. I think it was a really nice feeling, um, that drew me to living there. Cause actually in high school I had a phase after, I think I went there when I was 13 and I, um, was this I got into canto pop and I just went into this like Asian phase and really embraced it personally like secretly at school I didn't tell people at school I had like one friend who was also into it and I just like learned all the songs in Cantonese like I started following people the internet like I could use the internet and search for people and I I feel like I just embraced that part of me that I never had because I was like oh wow there's famous like singers that are Asian or mm-hmm. um, they sing in a different language or like they're, they, they oh, they're so pretty too. Or, you know, just be, growing up as a girl and watching movies in like US movies or like TV shows in Australia, it was, there was no one that I could, you know, really <laughs> relate to or feel like, oh, they kind of look like me or um, yeah, kind of. So it was nice to, live there and um that was my like little asian face that i had when i was growing up um because mm-hmm. i felt like i was not i wasn't i never felt like i was just australian let's end with this i, I wanted to kind of come up with maybe brainstorm a list of things that we think Asian, um, the Asian diaspora might have in common, regardless of what country you're in. So you could be like, uh, I think one of the funnest things about doing a podcast is you see people from 
the Netherlands or you see people downloading episodes in Bermuda or um, the UK or wherever you're getting these downloads from. Um, and it makes you think, you know, who are these people and, you know, or do they, do they relate to me in any way? And I, I'm guessing they do because they're listening, right? So, okay, let's brainstorm a list of things like top five things that we think the Asian diaspora has in common, regardless of what country that you're in. All right. Anybody got one? Asian soup. Asian soup. <laughs> I think food in general, right? Yeah. Food in general. That's a good one. Yeah, I think I think there's something about Asian culture that revolves around food. Like um, Julian Korean, is it the same way when you when you see someone that comes in, do you ask them if they've eaten yet? Is that oh, a thing? Yeah, that's that's the Korean way of saying how are you. There is actually no how are you. It's oh, have you eaten? Like that's the how yeah. are you. <laughs> yeah. So same in Chinese, right? Yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of, it's such a big part of our gatherings. It's such a big part of our, our culture. Like whenever we plan a, a gathering, it's always about, well, what are we going to eat? <laughs> where are we going to, mm-hmm. where are we going to get food? Where, what, what kind of food? Where are we going to eat? It's a big part of what we do. So, all right. So we got food is number one. I'm going to add one. Um, I think respect of family is a big thing for the Asian diaspora. I think, um, I don't know. Is it? Confucianism or or there's something about um respecting your elders that's kind of drilled into you when you're little um even you know even me you know fifth generation I, I think there's something something and my wife always makes my daughters say hello to everyone in the room when they we go over to someone's house they you have to make the rounds and say hello to everyone and um all right you guys got one I have a random one that I was chatting to with friends last night. I don't know if everyone agrees and maybe it hopefully it uh, dies down past the generations, but um <laughs> as a like chick as a woman growing up, <laughs> as a chick, but um whenever <laughs> I saw aunties or as a family thing um there's a lot of uh commenting on your <laughs> Oh, your yeah. weight or your yeah. your body or like your face or something like that. Like, oh, yeah. you, you look fatter. Like in a, it's either in a good way or a bad way. We don't know. Or, yeah, or you yeah. look too skinny or something like in a good way or a bad way. So it's about whether you're well fed or fat and fat and skinny. I don't know. I always yeah. get that. Same. I, I get that too. But also on the flip side, it's like, but also have you eaten? You should eat more. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah so weird yeah or their nicknames will be just totally blatant like hey Feijai you know like, come over here you know like or whatever they just throw in a you know hey you look like a stick come over here stick and they start making up a name for you yeah to a, to a fault maybe yeah and, and again we're, we're we're stereotyping a little but you know if if the, enough of these are true you know for enough people there's some truth to it I guess like that truth is more like we're very straight I don't know we're very um we just say Correct. it as it yeah. is. Like whereas um, Aussies or I feel like Caucasians are they're more like polite and like, well, how are you going? How was your weekend? Or how's the family? Like it's more. It's not just <laughs> hey, like you look fat today or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. Any more? I have kind of a negative one. Well, I don't know if it's a negative, but I'll I'll wait. I'll save it. 
I once went on this um, camp in to Korea where all these mm. different Koreans from around the world um, just went on this like camp for like two weeks, I think. And so I met some like Koreans who were born and like raised in France and like Germany mm. and um, America. I think that was the first time I've ever met a Korean American. And mm. it was really cool. Like, cause I've never, you know, I've always, I've only been exposed to the Asians who live around me in Sydney. And when I go to Korea, I'll be with my Korean family who I have to like struggle to speak in Korean and trying to understand the culture and all this stuff. But when we went on this camp, it was like, wow, oh my God. Like there were so many things that we had in common. Um, the strangest thing was that we all spoke in, we had to use Korean to communicate with each other. So there's a French girl. <laughs> And her Korean wasn't that good and my Korean wasn't that good. But the only <laughs> language we had in common was Korean. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so we would just be talking in like this broken Korean. Um, but I think from that camp, this would only really apply to first gen Asians, but it would be like that language barrier struggle with your parents, I would say. Like mm, um, yeah. not being able to speak in the language you're comfortable with um especially during conflict or you know, important conversations um it's really really hard not just language barrier but culturally as well i'm trying to explain like a concept to my parents it's like it's hard it's really it can be really really hard and i feel like that might be like a shared experience no matter like yeah. where you're living um yeah the language barrier and also the cultural barrier and yeah, yeah also being able generation. to speak two languages as well yeah. Mm. Sometimes you think, you know, there's a perfect word in Korean or Chinese, mm -hmm. but there isn't the same word in English. Yeah. Um, just things like that. Like, I think, yeah. That's a really good uh, point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, there's kind of a divide between parents and children, the, the first gen especially, which, you know, I'm not, but my in-laws, my, my wife's family, prefers to speak in Cantonese and I, I, I can't really have a conversation. So there's times when it's like, Oh, I wish I could say this or, you know, they'll, they'll be having a conversation at the table and I just can't participate in it. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I definitely like with my mom, she speaks a little bit of English. And um, so like sometimes I'll like speak to her in English and she'll respond back in Cantonese, right, you know, yeah. but like with, with my dad, he just speaks Cantonese. Um, so there, there's a bit like, we can't delve into like super deep topics with my dad. Or like, if I do, it's like my mom will then have to like explain um, yeah. on behalf of me. So, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. All right. My last one, you, you guys can help me decide if this is a positive or a negative. I think, a lot of Asians love money. <laughs> I think they really let like the hustle game, um, you know, always trying to, you know, the trying to find another way to make money that, you know, gambling is probably a negative, right? But there's the, the love of gambling, the love of bargaining, like, um, uh, especially in Hong Kong or in China, right? The markets, if you're not bargaining, you're not, you're not shopping, right? So, <laughs> Um, so there's definitely a, a, a love of money or at least a desire for it or a hustle for it. 
Is that positive or negative? Yeah. What do you guys think? I agree. I don't know if it's positive or negative, but I think there's an element of showiness as well um, mm-hmm. of like, you know, being into designer bags or, um, you know, pressure with like, you know, weddings or what are you wearing? Or um, in Hong Kong, it was like a new thing, but everyone always wear, wore, well, I don't know if it was the industry I was in, but shoes, shoes have to be new. Uh, and, yeah. um, but in Australia, we just wear shoes till they're like kind of dying. Like it doesn't really matter. Like it's more <laughs> casual here. You might wear thongs or slippers or whatever. It's very casual here. But in Hong Kong, it's like, what bag do you have? Or what, sh- you know, new sneakers are you wearing? Like, um, yeah, I think there's a bit of uh, showiness in it. Is that just me? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of agree and disagree. Like I do, I'm just, like, I do agree that to a lot of Asian people, um, money is their metric of success. But at the same time, like I know a lot of Asians who don't like put money on a pedestal mm-hmm. and have more chill lives as well. Like living, you know, not in the city, maybe having simpler lives. And even I think um, like every culture has its own extremes. Like mm-hmm. everything that you were saying just now rocks. Like having showy and all that like that's not everyone why people do that too like (laughs) get a whole new outfit for an event and stuff like that so it's just that the ones the asians that do are more showy i think they catch our eye more (laughs) um Yeah. yeah so i do feel yeah like there is a lot of um hustle and people who do what there is a lot of people who are like that um but I think there's a whole other side as well that yeah, yeah, people who don't. Exceptions. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Maddie, are, are you being told to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or are your parents letting you do whatever you want? Um, thankfully, my parents um, are supportive and they're letting me do whatever I want. They've never really pressured me to do anything that I don't want to do. So, yeah. yeah. Great. But I know that that definitely does happen with other families. Yeah. Like I feel, I think it pro- happened a little bit with my parents and their parents who were immigrants. Yeah, I think it takes at least a generation. Like my parents, you know, my my dad's in the med- medical profession, but he never pushed me towards it. And I think it takes a generation to maybe get that out of your system, where it's like, oh, we got to prove ourselves. We need to get that status. But then maybe after a generation, <laughs> you kind of lose it a little bit. My parents, um, I-, I think maybe they knew early on, I just like, wasn't (laughs) academically inclined. Um, (laughs) But they never pushed me to like, become a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that. Yeah. 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 With every stereotype, there's always the anti stereotype too. So yeah, I don't know if that's one's true for everyone. But I think the first, what do we say? We said love of food, love of family, um, what do we say? The directness. Like direct the directness. Talking? Yeah, that's straight talk. I don't know. And the barrier the, between the generations. Cultures, the, like between like being Asian and like Australian yeah. or American. They're all true to a certain extent, I think. So, all right. So guess what? We're at the end of episode number one. Well, part number one. Of, <laughs> we went a little long, but hopefully listeners, you're still out there. Um, we're going to come back next week with a little bit more of our experiences. We're going to get into university and work. Uh, and we might identify some differences. So we talked about some similarities this week. 
We might get into some more differences. We'll see if there are any differences. I don't know. I'm still thinking about that. Um, so in the meantime, you can write into us. You can write into us and let us know your experiences wherever you are. If you're in Europe or you're in Asia as an expat or you're in America or Australia, you can write to us at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com. Um, where can they reach you guys? You guys are at um, Roxanne and Julia at gmail.com. Yep, that that's right. Or on Instagram, nice. we're Asian Soup Podcasts, and YouTube yeah. as well. YouTube. Yeah, so if you want to watch a whole episode of uh, two, two folks talking about life uh, in Australia, you can listen to the Asian Soup Podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts or YouTube. Um, so we'll have more episodes coming soon for our podcast. Uh, we're going to talk next uh, two weeks from now, we're going to talk to uh, my friend Sabrina Dang. She's a photographer, and she has roots in Hong Kong as well. And we're going to talk about Tony Leung. Uh, he kind of jumped on the American radar with Shang-Chi, but we're going to talk about his Hong Kong movies. So we're going to talk a little Hong Kong cinema and some of his greatest films. Um, what do you guys have on tap for your podcast? Do you have an episode coming out soon? Uh, we have an episode around how to ways to cope with anxiety. So uh, we Ooh. kind of chat about our experiences and learnings from that and um, our journey. Yeah. Relationship with money. That's another one yeah. as well. Ah. <laughs> I set you guys up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, yeah. So folks out there can listen to. Roxanne and Julia talk about uh, many different issues at the Asian Soup Podcast. Uh, so until we get together again, until you hear us, on behalf of Julia, Madison, Mandy, and Roxanne, we hope you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. And thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.